Welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson. Feeling uh, rather excited about adventure race season this year. It's kind of, you know, you spend the winter thinking about it, not doing much, and just getting through it. But um, for one, I leave in, uh, what, eight days? Is that right? Yeah. Um, Next week from tomorrow for Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge in Belize. So that's exciting. Looking forward to uh, catching up with some people and uh, meeting some people that I don't know yet. But also... um, Racing season started, especially uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, i.e. New Zealand and Australia. So, been uh, talking with some of the racers there for the podcast coming up in the next few weeks. So, just kind of making it uh, fun, exciting. Start talking about all these races and think, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to go there. Hmm, how can I get there? Uh, spoiler alert, um, this week's race, this week's episode's race is one of them. It's, uh, after talking with Stefan, it uh, sounds like going to be a really cool race put on some by some uh, well-organized people. So, And chatting with others, um, it is on a lot of uh, radar screens for this year, so... I think it might be successful. Sure sounds like fun anyway. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day if you're listening to this when it came out. Is that a a U.S. holiday? It probably is. So, anyway, the day we have to buy chocolate and flowers and climbing gear for our significant others. I suspect most people listening to this would rather get gear than chocolate, unless you're packing to go to a race, then maybe chocolate would be good. So, um, I haven't started packing yet, so nobody's won the pool yet, but um, I'm going to have to start thinking about it, get a week to go. So, Enough rambling, get this done before... Um, this little girl dog sitting at my feet thinks she needs to go out again. So uh, go fast, take chances, and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hello. Ah, you're there. I'm here. Yeah. Well, the most important question is um, what did you have for supper? Well, we had some kind of soup. <laughs> We had bruschetta and some chocolate malted cake for dessert. Awesome. Um, that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> How I, are you? Good. <laughs> so, good. well, not, long, long time no see. Yeah, now that we got that out of the way, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Stefan Björklund. I'm. Um, an adventure racer a few years back now. I think I've raced for five, six years. And uh, with different teams, Team Peak Performance, Tule, and now I'm running my own team. Uh, 
and hosting a race in Sweden, Finland this summer. That uh, <clears throat> sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, um, let's start with the race, and then I want to hear about you and adventure racing. But um, so, tell everybody that doesn't know, and if you don't know, why are you listening to this podcast? But tell us about your race. Um, yeah, in April I was in Paraguay with, uh, and I met up with Craig, and uh, Craig asked me, Stefan, do you know about any Swede who could host an adventure race in the World Series for 2018? And I, I wasn't sure. I was, I was thinking a lot, and uh, at the end of the week, uh, Craig asked me, Stefan, can't you host it? And uh, I said, yeah, maybe. And um, <laughs> And he he got back to me a few weeks later, and uh, he asked, "Did you give it some thoughts?" And I said, "Yeah, I did, and I would like to to host a race, uh, but it's going to be between uh, Sweden and Finland." And uh, suddenly he got really curious, and uh, yeah, that's where it all started. So now in August we're going to host a race between uh, Stockholm in Sweden through the Åland archipelago and and uh, almost 100,000 islands and the team's going to finish in uh, Turku, Finland. It's 580 k's and uh, yeah, it's a non-stop race, no dark zones and yeah, old old style adventure racing. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Now, and I don't know this, maybe you do or don't, but has there ever been a race that started in one country and finished in another? Uh, yeah, actually, there have been a few of them uh, okay. in Europe. Um, last time was actually in Sweden was 2008. Uh, then it was between uh, Norway and Sweden. And uh, Raid Galois, they hosted the race between three countries, actually, in uh, uh, in Europe, in the Alps, between Switzerland, Italy, and France. Okay. But this is the first time in history we're going to run an adventure race in the archipelago. And for those of you who doesn't know what an archipelago is, is it's a serial of uh, islands... And just east of Stockholm, we have 26,000 islands. And the Åland Archipelago have about 30,000 islands, which uh, 6,000 of them are named. And then we have the mm. Turco Archipelago, uh, which is, is another, yeah, about 30,000 islands. So it's a really, really unique footprint uh, that we're going to race through. And this is the first time that mm. ever going to happen I think because yeah. there's just three archipelagos in the world you know it's Sweden Finland and uh, Chile in uh, South America yeah well um, all right I think I'm probably wrong about this but it's got to be a l at least fairly heavily on paddling <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's what most teams think actually but um, since we have all these islands you know mm -hmm. There's uh, so many options, and 35% mm. uh, of the course is going to be on water or in water. 
and mm-hmm. uh, 65% of the course is on land. Yeah. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people there scared because, you know, we're going to cross the Baltic Sea. And uh, it's a huge mm-hmm. gap between uh, the Swedish coast and the coast of Åland, the Åland Islands. And um, between the closest islands, there it's 32 or 34 kilometers, mm. uh, and uh, the whole distance there is uh, 42 k's. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the most interesting part of the course uh, to me, and it's going to be a really unique way to cross this, yeah, this ocean. Yeah. So, 30,000 islands, give or take, on each one of these. Yeah. How, I mean, I I would guess they vary from pretty tiny ones, but how, what would be the biggest one that you might be on? Uh, Probably Åland. You know, Åland is also, uh, yeah, different islands but they have like a main island or actually three four main islands Uh, I think it's 16 or 15 uh, communities that we're going to race through and uh, Åland is definitely going to be the heart of the race and um, (laughs) the biggest island okay so you're not racers aren't going to paddle to an island run and catch a couple of checkpoints, paddle to another island. They're going to actually be on some big islands and, and navigating. And I question, dumb question number 7,000. Well, there going to be a lot of biking too. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a lot of biking. A lot of okay. the distance is going to be covered on the bike. Okay. Uh, definitely. And, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not to mention too much about the course, but uh, uh, there's a lot of biking involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I'm the navigator, and that's been my role in in the teams I've been racing for, uh, you know, I I really look looking to have a race with, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, not too tricky navigation, but it's going to be a fun fun race uh, and fun navigation. Yeah, well, and uh, that's kind of funny because I was going to ask you. I mean, being a navigator, being in, in, I'll go out on a limb and say, being a good navigator, is it is it hard for you not to make it um, complicated or difficult navigating? Because I'm sure that's what you would like, mm-hmm. but you kind of got to sort of think about teams that maybe aren't quite as good. Yeah. So, how do you find that balance? Uh, I have some, yeah, good people that I, I talk to and, uh, Craig is helping me out too. Uh, mm-hmm. we're having a discussion and he's seen that he's in the course. Um, I think teams that are coming to this race today, we have 19 teams, uh, registered mm-hmm. and I, I probably think we're going to have around 30 teams. Um, they should definitely look into what is an archipelago <laughs> and try to understand how many islands there is and how to navigate through these at night. Because, uh, you know, 
at night they look the same and yeah. it's really hard I can make it really easy mm-hmm. uh, but it's going to be hard either way yeah because uh, it is tricky the good yeah. the good thing it's you know it's August uh, beginning of August and we have uh, twilight so it's just going to be four to six hour of darkness um, at sea there's no darkness because uh, we have nautical twilight so uh, it's going to be lit up all, all 24 hours uh, when you're at sea. So uh, that's helpful both for, for navigation and for for me to have a safe race. Yeah. Um, explain explain the nautical twilight. How I mean, what's that? What's that look like at two o'clock in the morning? How bright is it? Uh, it's not as bright as it is in June in Sweden, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. then the sun doesn't set really. But um, the sky is quite bluish, if we could, yeah, explain it yeah. that way. It doesn't really get dark. Um, you have this glow all the time, uh, mm. which, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Okay, so I'm I'm picturing it like I'm looking at at the sky this time of year. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like a quarter to six, and I'm like, oh, the days are getting longer. It's not dark, but it's not light out yet either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something like, like that. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. So, well, that that should be kind of cool to be able to have that much daylight. Um, would Would yeah. you be able to do this race? If you didn't have that kind that that condition, if it got like really dark for six or eight hours, uh, yeah, yeah, it should okay. be it should be possible because you know, especially my biggest concern and everyone's biggest concern is the crossing between mm. Sweden and Holland. Uh, however, now with this nautical twilight, <clears throat> it, it makes it easier. But if we would have had more dark hours. <laughs> Uh, we always have uh, a lighthouse uh, that shows the way, and these will mm-hmm. be on this time of year too. So that's going to help for the crossing, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Are there multiple lighthouses? Could you, like, pick the wrong lighthouse to paddle to? Sorry, say that again. So are there multiple lighthouses on the course so, like, you could get a little off and paddle to the wrong lighthouse? Yeah, <laughs> it is. There is. So you yeah. definitely have to check your <laughs> check your map and be sure that you're aiming for the right one. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, a, a new challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's gonna add on to the navigation, definitely. Yeah. So, well, I'm probably asking a lot of dumb questions, but it's kind. Of, but I find it interesting what you're doing. So, what? Um, what has been um, what have people said that have that have registered? What do they think about the race? I mean, they must like it if they're going to race it. But have what? Here's a better question: What's been their biggest concern that they've talked to you about? Uh, most people have talked and asked about the swim run section that's going to be involved in this race. How much swimming it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the temperature? Uh, and uh, what is swim run basically yeah that's what people have asked because yeah. uh, it's a new element to adventure racing uh we've had running before 
and we've had long swim sections before, but yeah. never the mix of swimming and running, which is mm -hmm. a sport now growing oh, yeah. in Europe and in U.S. The U.S. going to have their own series uh, this year, and uh, uh, it's a cool combination of swimming and running, and it actually started in the Stockholm Archipelago, running over the islands, swimming between them. And uh, you run in your wetsuit and you swim with your shoes on. So it's a really cool element and really cool way to travel through the archipelago and a really cool way to actually race together because you're always racing a, in a team of two. Yeah. But here we're going to race in a team of four. So, But we're going to mm -hmm. use standard swim run rules meaning that on this section um, you won't have to bring, you can bring your backpack, but you don't have to. Uh, we will transport the backpack to the next TA. Mm. And, um, yeah, I want to make it as similar as possible to what swim run really is. And, uh, yeah, you just need to bring a lot of food, your map and your compass, and then uh, head off. Uh, onto this swim run section. So, well, that um, should be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's that's becoming a yeah a huge port. I know at least two or three series here in the U.S. that are going to go this yeah. year from yeah. East Coast to West Coast. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, when when Craig asked you if you do a race, mm -hmm. did you have this? course in mind or was this something that when you thought about it you thought oh that'd be kind of cool to do um i actually i've had this in mind for a long time to do yeah. it by myself okay uh, mm -hmm. then i had two friends a couple of years ago they actually did the swim run race or not a race uh, um they did a charity project, <coughs> uh, swim running between uh, Sweden and Turku, Finland. Okay. Uh, so they showed that it took them two weeks, but they showed it was possible. And one of these guys, he's actually going to do the race uh, with a yeah, new and fresh team from Sweden. They've never done a race before, and they're going to try to conquer this course, which I'm really excited about because... Yeah, you know, he knows how long it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still willing to give it a shot, huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do, um, as a general rule, do you and, by extension, every adventure racer in the world always have something in your mind you'd think, man, this would be a good race. Somebody should do a race here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th I think so. You know... This is, I'm always looking for when I'm choosing and when I'm picking my races, I'm always looking on a, on the destination. Mm -hmm. Okay, where have I been and where have I been racing in what environment? And this um, this environment is so unique, and I'm just yeah really really eager to show the rest of the world how beautiful it is both in Stockholm and on Norland and Turkey, Finland. 
because there's an environment you can't find it elsewhere. And uh, if I were about to choose a race for this season, it is yeah definitely something I would like to do myself. And I'm actually a little sad that I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I would suggest anyone to come and do this race. And uh, sure, people have talked about the price tag on my race, but it's different to host a race in Scandinavia and and Sweden and compared to a race in South America. Uh, we're crossing an ocean. I I need to have more safety and, yeah. you know, yeah, things just cost more here. But I'm mm-hmm. also trying to do an all-inclusive concept here where all the hotel nights are included, all the food is included, uh, everything is included, transportation back from Finland to Sweden after the race, big banquet, and... Uh, party on the boat back and yeah like it used to be when raid galas were were running uh, their races every year yeah well um spoiler alert um adventure racing is not cheap no matter where you go so <laughs> yeah that's true and, yeah but i mean it sounds like um you're gonna you're gonna have a good value for your kroner yeah definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Six days um, of racing and <laughs> hopefully yeah. the first team finish in, yeah, I predict 92 hours, uh, give or take one or two hours here and there. Mm. But uh, I think yeah. uh, we're pretty close to, to the right hours, actually. And uh, Swedish Armed Forces have been pretty cocky. And they've said that they're going to win this race with at least six hours. So hopefully we have a good, some good teams coming here too, like uh, AMK and Estonia Ace and some other teams that are really up for the for the battle. Silva Hoglos hopefully is coming too. And uh, you know it's going to be tight. I see it like it's going to be tight between like five teams in the top. And then we have the mid-pack, and then the, then we have the tail, and we're going to take good care of everyone. We want yeah. everyone to finish in Turco. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, every, everybody can't win, so you really have to look out for the, I don't know what a good word for is the back of the pack, the middle of the pack, but mm-hmm. the, the uh, ones that take just a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I definitely want to good, take good care of them because I think, you know, without them, this is not possible. Uh, they are the ones that are really passionate about this. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, sure, the, the top teams are too, but, you know, I want to build a community and find a... I want to make entertainment of adventure racing to show the world what this is really... Yeah, why we mm-hmm. love this so much. Yeah. So start building new profiles and start capturing teams and show the world yeah what it really is that we are no we're not different in any way anyways we're just yeah really passionate about outdoors and racing and racing in teams and racing co-ed which is really unique mm-hmm. uh, it's just adventure racing and horseback riding where we where we race, men and females, 
under the same roof, um, same, uh, yeah, you know, same rules and everything. Yeah, yeah. Every everybody get hat. Everybody gets to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, are is the race cap? Do you have a limit? Um, I have fifty teams. Okay. Um, that I can handle, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this is like standard for an adventure racing world series event. It's like twenty twenty five teams. Mm-hmm. We already have that, so we're happy. But we're looking for even more. We we would love to have thirty teams, thirty five teams, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, this is going to be serious. This is just the first race. Uh, we're already planning for our second race, uh, 2020. And it's also okay. going to be in the World Series. And then we have another race planned for 2022. And uh, we're hoping to fill up those races. And there's going to be new destinations um, in the Nordic countries on really, really unique locations that I would love to come and race. That's how I pick pick the mm-hmm. venue. <laughs> oh, I would love to race here. Why isn't there a race here? <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we're going to host them. Okay. Um, is there ever going to be a winter World Series race, do you think? Mm, good question. <laughs> uh, I think you can host a winter race, actually, but it's going to have to be shorter. Yeah. Um, we're also looking into uh, 2019 hosting uh, like uh, uh, long weekend events. Uh, when you finish work at, on Thursday, you travel to the race destination. Friday at lunch, you start, and uh, you finish at Sunday lunch. So you race for two days, basically, <laughs> two days and two nights. Yeah, and then you can co- go back for for work Sunday afternoon. So we're gonna do uh, smaller races like that, and I think there is a potential for yeah a winter event like that, definitely. Okay, what's the what's the adventure race scene like in 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 Sweden and you know maybe in the the Nordic countries in general? Is I mean, there's a lot of Swedish teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think in the Nordic countries, it, it's been bigger than it is today, but now it's really growing again. People are really interested in what we're doing and uh, what adventure racing is. And um, some new big sponsors are coming in, and they're not sponsoring Iron Man anymore. They're not sponsoring... Uh, obstacle racing they're not they're interested in adventure racing and multi-sport and um, you know I think we have the largest or the second largest um, solo uh, multi-sport event here in Sweden and uh, or extreme challenge and it's like coast to coast but it's Mm. uh, a little shorter it's uh, five to I think the slowest people they finish at 12 or 14 hours at the biggest ski resort in Sweden, in Norway, where I'm at right now. And uh, now there's tons of snows. It's one of the biggest winters in like 40, 50 years here. Uh, so it's going to be probably 
some snow left on top of the mountain for that race later in June. Um, but the scene is growing in Sweden, definitely, and there's a lot of interest. You know, Denmark, they have their own federation, Adventure Racing Federation. Uh, Finland, uh, they're trying, and I hope that we can help Finland to uh, come back. Uh, Finnish TV going to follow Nordic Islands Adventure Race. Uh, it's just a Norwegian country, <laughs> Norway. Yeah. We we would like to introduce to the sport because I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah. in Norway. So, um, why? Here's here's a not an easy question. Why do you think there's becoming this interest in in adventure adventure racing? Why are they coming away from triathlon and and obstacle racing? Get any uh, ideas? Get yeah. any ideas we can use? <laughs> yeah, I actually think there's a lot of different things. Um, since I'm thinking about this every day, yeah. uh, and I'm asking people, uh, but I think um, people are tired of, uh, you know, racing by themselves, solo. They want to race in a team. They want to explore. They want to adventure. They want to. They don't want to run on paved roads anymore they don't want to bike on paved roads so they don't you know they want to see nature they want they want to connect with nature that's where we came from and that's where we belong and uh, to do this in a group with your hopefully best friends uh, i think that's really attracted to a lot of people and uh, this is what i want to show people out there, and I don't think the sport is for everyone. Definitely not. But no. uh, I think everyone have an adventurous heart, and even though you can't do this race uh, or this type of racing, you can do it in smaller versions, like the or Extreme Challenge here, five hours to. You can do it with a fr with your friend, or you can just you know go out and kayak for an hour. Or just walk in nature, or yeah, it's it just I want to find those people too that they can't do these long races, but they can follow them. They can uh, find role models. They can find idols and start following the sport. And uh, yeah, we can give them a show definitely. Yeah, that's that's kind of I like that adventurous. Soul part. That's yeah. what we need. Um, yeah, that's what we need. Did you have you have you been a race director before? Have you done other races? I've done uh, two uh, swim run races. Okay. Um, one uh, became really big here in Sweden, and uh, then we ho hosted like a family type of swim run race. I um, mean, Marika too, mm -hmm. and. Um, other than that, I'm uh, I'm running two other companies. One mountain guide firm, uh, based out of US actually, and uh, then uh, I'm also running like a uh, event and for groups and companies. So I've hosted really really big events for companies up to three, four hundred people. So I've hosted a lot of 
different things. Yeah. Uh, so this, this, of course, it's a lot of work, and uh, I'm really, really passionate about this. Yeah. So um, uh, then I spend even more time <laughs> doing this. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's going to be really, really, really fun. I have a great partner. Uh, for this race, uh, Christian from Holland. He's never done a race before. And uh, when I contacted him in uh, March, he didn't know anything about adventure racing. And now he's totally hooked. And uh, we're actually going to Tasmania uh, for Craig and Louise race there in the World Series. To, uh, yeah, I want to introduce him to adventure racing. So, me and Marika, Christian, and another girl, actually, from Holland, Sara. We're going to Tasmania to, yeah, me and Marika are going to introduce them to adventure racing. So, <laughs> that, that um, that's going to be a hell of an introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just so people get some kind of an idea. I mean, it's the middle of the winter there, but I mean, mm-hmm. how many hours a week are you working on this race? Um, basically a full-time job now, 40 hours a week. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and it's probably, you're probably not getting out very much to do anything. That comes a little later, but. Yeah. yeah. I've done, uh, I was actually over on the Wallen Islands last week and I did one section of the course, uh, in, <laughs> on the snow. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, hopefully it'll be a little different. Um. So, yeah, the climate is really nice in August. Uh, yeah. The weather is normally <laughs> uh, very stable around these dates that we picked, and yeah. um, it's the hottest month of the year, uh, with an average temperature of uh, 20 Celsius. So, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be nice. Of course, as you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter how warm it is. You always yeah. freeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you will on this race. Yeah. But so, we, we've, we've choose the date that it's going to work for most people. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, I'm going to give you um, one tip. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't set any controls right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, in 2009 at Primal Quest in Montana, yeah. they, hung, they hung some controls like in June for an August oh race. And yeah. come race time, people would get to the control, and they couldn't find it. And it was like 30 feet up in the tree above them because they oh set it God. on the snowpack. Well, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that tip's free for you. Okay, thanks. I promise so. I won't set any checkpoints now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about Stefan, the adventure racer. So Sure. My standard question is how did you how did you get hooked in this dumb sport of ours of yours I shouldn't say ours <laughs> uh, well I've heard I've actually heard a person said once this is not a sport you find the sport finds you hmm. and uh, I don't know if it's true but uh, that happened to me uh, there was a photographer and filmer who uh, I was following some of my swim run races uh, for yeah for a serious swim run series here 
and uh, he approached me after I won some races and he said, Stefan, have you heard about adventure racing? And I told him, yeah, 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 definitely. I'm, I know about adventure racing. I would love to do that. I remember when I s sat down in the sofa when I was young and I saw this on Eurosport and Discovery Channel. Mm. And he was like, oh, cool. Uh, I have a... I'm, I'm documenting a team right now and we're doing a documentary and I know they're looking for uh, for new team members. Would you... Would it be okay for you if I contacted the team captain and uh, said I found you? Mm. I said, sure, go ahead. And two weeks later, uh, yeah, Michael approached me. Uh, then he was running AXA, Team AXA Adidas. And uh, I started a long tryout to be part of this team. Yeah. Well, see, that's something different right there having to try out for a team usually <laughs> yeah if if you're if you're uh willing any you know the team will like let's do it so what was yeah. what what was a tryout like for an adventure racing team <laughs> um yeah we did uh, well mike actually hosted a uh unofficial race in stockholm the capital in sweden mm -hmm. and um turned out to be yeah, a little more than three days no one knew when we came there uh, we were just told to show up with yeah we got a gear list and uh, we were just about to show up at this hotel in Stockholm so we did and when we got there the tryout began with some tests like strength and agility and uh, we actually did some climbing. We met um, psychologists and yeah, yeah, all kind of tests, <laughs> which wow. was it was pretty interesting. But you know, by that time, he was yeah, actually this was one of the best teams in the world, and my goal was to win the world championship. And uh, yeah, I, I met Mike a few weeks before that, and. Uh, there was after this phone call and we met in Stockholm and we met up with our bikes and we had a long ride and after that we sat down and we had dinner and spoke for hours and then it was just like, Stefan, can you come and do this tryout? And by that time I was booked for for a climbing trip with some clients in Germany so I, I was just, sorry, I can't. But... Uh, and the clients canceled and I called him a one week before this tryout and said well uh, I can be there and uh, he was just like great and uh, yeah he hosted an adventure race for three days mm -hmm. uh, then we actually did swim run uh, which was really cool and this was in September and it was the end of September and uh, that was fine and then after this tryout, we uh, uh, he selected two. We were 29 people, uh, girls and boys, uh, attending this tryout. And then uh, two of us, uh, me and Rickard Norlin, from who raced with Tule the last two years, uh, we got selected and we got to come to Fuerteventura outside, yeah, 
the Spanish islands, the Grand Canarian islands outside the African coast. And um, a month later, and uh, yeah, the tests continue. I remember he woke us up in the middle of the night, uh, two o'clock. He blindfolded us, put us in the car, drove us out, and uh, he had printed some black and white Google Maps that he handed out to us with maybe six or seven checkpoints. And he said, "Okay, first, first back home." Uh, with all the checkpoints, wins. And, uh, yeah, so he he has left us there with a, a really bad head, headlamp that he bought in a fisherman shop uh, the day before. And, uh, yeah, we started to make our way home. And 44 case later, we were back home. And uh, we were three guys then, actually. It was me, Rickard, and... Another guy who was in the national team of for the national team of orienteering in Sweden, and of course he beat us, but not with too much. I came in second, and Rickard came in third, and yeah. Wow. Then later I got to join the team, come to Turkey, and we started all our training camps, and uh, I did my first real World Series event uh, in the. In U.S. Untamed in Maine, uh, 2000 and what was that? 2013, maybe. Sounds right. I can't keep them straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. 14. Yeah, something yeah. like that. That's but, um. So it's quite a story, but you know, it, yeah. it started a little earlier than that. All the things I've done in in life just lined up and suited adventure racing really well. I I, from the beginning, I was an ice hockey player playing in the top league in Sweden. Uh, stopped doing that. I became an elite runner in Sweden. Um, and then uh, I got really interested in becoming a mountain guide. I lived in Telluride, U.S., Colorado for 11 winters. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm almost fully certified. And then... Uh, you know, all these skills. Adventure racing is a lot about skills. Mm-hmm. And my navigational skills uh, actually came from all my summers in the Stockholm archipelago, driving high-speed boats with uh, clients in the boat. And, uh, yeah, I developed some uh, really good navigational skills because this is yeah the hardest water in the world to navigate through. And... Uh, yeah, it was really cool to develop those skills, and then finally, I found, yeah, this sport came in to my yeah. life, and <laughs> I got to use all my skills in one sport. Exactly. So, um, I want to go back a little bit because I've got a question. When you had that first dinner with Michael, mm-hmm. what do you think? Um, why did he pick you to come to the training camp? Did, I, I mean, it's kind of a hard question, I'm sure, but he must have seen something mm-hmm. in you, because I'm, I'm guessing really good athletes are a dime a dozen, as we say. But so he must have saw something. You, you have any idea what it is? Uh, I should probably ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that would be really interesting to hear what he says. Uh, yeah. But I actually think that um, for this bike section or bike session we did, uh, I don't think he 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 got pretty surprised because you know his strongest discipline was definitely biking mm-hmm. and. I did not just even keep up. I was playing around with him, basically. Mm-hmm. And my weakest discipline was biking. Oh. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a really big heart. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, have some great lung capacity. And with my background, I'm physically really, really strong. So... Uh, and that with my navigational skills, yeah, I think the the combination, but then, I don't know, it's hard to sit here and talk about myself like that, but <laughs> I understand very un-Swedish, yeah. but if I should be a, some, a little more American, yeah. uh, since I spent 11 winters there, <laughs> uh, I think I have some really good people skills, you know, I'm really interested about people and culture and history and and uh, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I think that's my biggest. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I value the most with myself. That I'm really curious, actually, about yeah. everything. What's around well, when when yeah. we're racing? What's around the next corner that I can see on the map? I want to see what's there, and then, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. So does that curiosity actually? Um, are you curious about how hard you can go and how far you can go physically? Is that part of yeah. it too? Yeah, definitely. Have, not, not as much now that it okay. used to be. A few yeah. years back, I did everything to push my limits. Now I've, I've done that. Now <laughs> I'm more interested about and you're more curious about how hard can I push, push myself mentally because mm. I know I can push my my body far physically yeah. but yeah the, the mental part and you know as a team it, you run into some really interesting situations out on the course for so many days when you don't sleep and yeah. you eat very little and sometimes you're without water for hours and hours and hours and uh, how do you tackle that and mm. how do you handle that that's what's really interesting yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, have you got to the edge, either, either or for both physically and mentally? Have you have you got to that edge and looked over? Um, not in adventure racing, okay. but through climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think climbing is the ultimate sport for for doing that. Actually. Yeah. Uh, and through climbing I've learned more about myself than any other sports definitely can I ask you a climbing question (laughs) yeah sure what how do people free solo Uh, (laughs) it's not much about climbing actually it's more about your your mental skills. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, and how I you, and, how you handle yeah. fear basically. Yeah. It's it's all about yeah, 
management, sure. fear control, and and uh, how you can block feelings, basically. So, can you can frame this? So, can, yeah, I was going to ask, can can you do that, and then how do you learn to do it? Uh, I'm. I've learned to do it by exposing myself. Uh, I've actually gone to school for one and a half year to try to learn this, mm. uh, among other things, mental skills. Um, but uh, it's interesting because, you know, some days when you look at, yeah, <laughs> all these uh, climbers in U.S. or especially Alexander Honnold who free solo most things in U.S. and around the world, what you don't see and what you don't hear is that he climbs with a rope 99% of his climbs. Yeah. And because he's doing, you know, his research and then he executes. And it's the same thing with adventure racing. First, you have to learn what skills do I need? What knowledge do I need? What gear do I need? You have to do all this before the race. You have to collect fact and, and information. And then you execute exactly like they are and then after I, I see this as a third step ladder uh, and the third step is enjoyment you have to celebrate doesn't matter how yeah mm. if you finish the race or not uh, like Alexander he turned around many times you never get to hear about that yeah but what did he learn and and uh, yeah how yeah. did he how did he handle that failure if we should I, I don't see it as a failure, more yeah. as a result. And then you start over. Okay, I I learned this. I need more knowledge about this and this. And you go and learn. Uh, and that's what's really fun with adventure racing too, because all races are different, and uh, you learn something new each race. So. Not just about yourself, about your team members too. And yeah. Yeah, racing. Yeah. So... Um What's a lesson that you've learned from a not not a failure, but a, a, a really bad spot in a race, um, a low spot or something? What what have you learned from What have you learned from when it sucks? That it can, if you think it sucks for you, it always sucks more for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's true. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I try to remember that and tell myself that you know, if this is hard for me, someone else is suffering as much or more than I am right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I've learned not to to feel sorry for myself because mm. I put myself in that situation, and it's really easy to feel sorry for yourself, uh, especially when it's hard and. And, and tough mm, and yeah. when it hurts and uh, I'm trying to remember myself that this is what I love the most I love being out here with my friends and uh, we get to explore and we get to adventure together and uh, we get to see these amazing places and travel the world not a lot yeah. of people can do this and there's so many things I've learned from adventure racing. This is just one thing, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
this is kind of the same but different. But do you have any kind of a regrets about any races that, um, you know, something you wish you could do different or can you just race if it doesn't go well? That That's a learning experience. If it goes well, it's a celebra- celebrating learning experience. Well, uh, there's a lot of decisions and route choices I regret definitely <laughs> okay uh, yeah uh, but that's from every race race mm-hmm. you know we've been so close of winning so many races and something yeah made a mistake or something happened or yeah you know there's so many things that can happen yeah but I think the key is to see this in a bigger perspective because I could choose to do two things here. Either I blame myself and I don't let go of this thought and this Mm -hmm. failure or I learn from this failure and I'm trying not to repeat it. Uh, I learn, I let go and I do better next time. And... uh, if you look at the teams that are best in the world, this is what they've been doing. Uh, mm. It's all about experience. And uh, if you can share, yeah, and be yeah. honest with your team members on the course, how you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you learned from previous races, uh, not just on the course, you have to have this, yeah, Openness and discussion going in within your team at all times, and yeah. that's when you can succeed. Yeah, communication, huh? Yeah, communication. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up pretty quick, but I've got like a gazillion questions. Not even mm-hmm. about adventure racing, but I have one about yeah. guiding. Yep. How? How do you tell a client that it's like, nope, we have to stop and turn around now? (laughs) That's a really funny question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, most of my clients, they know my background. And uh, I would say 90% of my clients know my background. And... uh, they know within themselves that they are tired. Mm-hmm. And I can see they are tired. But I think this is one of the most positive and negative things about me is that I believe in people. And I always show them positive um, attitude. doesn't matter if they are tired or if they were super, super strong, they need to, yeah, you know, they know that they, they can say that they're tired now, yeah. but they also know that, well, Stefan, he knows my abilities and he know what I can do and he would never take me on to something, a climb or a ski run, if I couldn't do it. Okay, and uh, that's the trust I I build with my clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've I've heard this from clients, but normally when they say that, you know, we just laugh at it. 
Okay. And I tell them a story about when I was really tired and now how I proceed uh, even though I was tired. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's all, you just need different perspectives and uh, then it's much easier to move along. It's yeah. the same thing when I'm tired. If I get to hear someone that's been yeah, in a different situation, been really, really sick or... Uh, yeah, I had some big injuries and they came back from that, you know. Then I feel that I have no excuse of being tired. I Then I just keep on going. I just keep pushing. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Trust. Um, yeah, trust. Okay. We're, I promise I'm getting done. But um, what's what's the one story that you love to tell about adventure racing? Uh, I know that everyone wants me to talk about Arthur, but I won't. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's the, I call it togetherhood. It's not just one story. It's about the community of adventure racing. Uh, you know, I think all of us, we are there because we love meeting people, seeing cultures, explore new corners around the globe, and uh, seeing, uh, yeah, new new things. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> You know, so, that, 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 I think that's more. Sure, I love winning, but yeah. uh, I'm a. I'm, I think I'm more of an adventure, adventure-minded people or person uh, than a winning-focused or winning type of person. Yeah. Uh, sure, I love winning. I, yeah. I say that again, but <laughs> uh, but it's secondary many times. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you be just as happy if you get second, but you had a really, really good race? Definitely. Yeah. Th- that's uh, a skill I developed the last years. Uh, you know, we lost me and Marika. We lost the world championship in swim running uh, two thousand and uh, yeah, last year, hmm. and. Uh, it was just by, yeah, it was by 30 seconds on a 75 long, 75k long course, and we lost it with 30 seconds. But I was, I felt like I won the race, because uh, we did such a good race, so, and uh, yeah. yeah, we we gave a good show. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. Um. Good. I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Okay. But sometimes it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in second too. <laughs> it's true. All right. Honest God, this is the last question. Um, other than Tasmania, do you have any other races planned this year? Uh, I hope to do the World Championship on Reunion Island. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get a spot there. Um Hopefully we have a good and strong team, uh, but 
yeah, nothing is settled and um, uh, for sure yet. But um, that's the yeah. He's gonna do two two races. It's Tasmania and that one, and then I'm gonna do Aura Extreme Challenge here in Aura in uh, June, yeah. and then uh, a couple of small races. Yeah. Yeah. Around the globe, I don't know anywhere. Yeah, well, but, you uh, got that. I, I'm busy enough with <laughs> with hosting Nordic Islands Adventure Race, and uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna do a really good race for the racers. So I'm gonna spend most of the time uh, having the best course ever for for them coming all the way here. Well, if um, if if you, if what I've learned from you on this podcast is any indication, it's going to be a really great race. Yeah, that that's my goal, and that's Christian's goal too. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can live up to what we promise, and uh, yeah, have everyone smile. That's perfect. Perfect way to end. Everybody smiling. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love right. that too. Okay, well, thank you very much for the chat, and I'm glad you thank had a you. good dinner. Yeah. So, um, thanks. Thank you, and uh, hope to see you out there. You never know, right? You never know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks. Have a, thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right, you too. Bye. <laughs>